It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Ozzy. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA impact zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Can you believe how fast This year is going by Let alone the summertime My god What's up everyone It is August 29th 2018. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blasi. I am Don Tony as always. Thank you for listening and thank you for continuing to spread the word of the shows that we do. I've been doing this going back to hotline days since 1997 and it is fucking awesome to this day. Still get people first time, long time. Always tuned in from 2000s, late 90s, and it's just amazing how many of you out there that have never stopped by to say hello, not only in person, but online. So never be bashful. I am very friendly. I know sometimes I could come off as an asshole on the shows, but, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But before I go any further, happy birthday, mom. She turned 70 yesterday. I actually spent the day with the parents and... Thank you for everyone over the last two plus years that have expressed your thoughts and prayers for my mom. The heart surgery that she had a little over two years ago, she's having a hard time. I mean, she really is having complications and we're trying to do everything possible to make, you know, her life as as smooth and stress-free as possible. And um, believe me, when I tell you, I'm not going to come up here and start doing PSAs or try to get anybody sad or depressed, but please 
never take advantage of the fact that you have special family, friends, loved ones out there. Sometimes you may not talk all the time, but the last thing you want to have happen is to lose one of them abruptly and then have that regret. I wish I would have called them more. I wish I would have told my mom, I love you more, this, this, and that. Never take advantage of that because you never know when someone could be taken away from you. I have friends who died in their 20s, in their 30s. I have friends that, you know, that are much older. I have friends who lost parents and loved ones at a very young age, never take advantage. We have no idea how long any of us are going to be around. So, and I hope all of you are around as, as long as possible. You know, me, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, Shangada, to be honest with you, but I kind of feel in a way that maybe uh, God has given me the privilege to stick around and annoy you motherfuckers for a few more decades. So we'll see what happens. Am I going to be doing a show in a couple of decades? No. But for now, let's have fun. As I always say, we are one huge gooey family here. I may not know all of you personally. I may not have talked to all of you personally, but we really are one true family. The one thing that separates what I do and everyone else out there, and there's no argument from anyone. Since 1997, I talk to you. I don't talk at you. And there is a big difference. So anyway... There was no way I was passing up the opportunity to do today's Breakfast with Blossy because I have a few things to talk about. And for our patrons out there, forgive me. There's going to be about 20 minutes of audio in this broadcast that you have heard before, but I had to share it to our regular listening audience. SummerSlam took place two weeks ago, and... Becky Lynch, there's been a lot of debate, a lot of discussion that the way that WWE has handled what has transpired since the SummerSlam match. Now, last week on Breakfast Soup, Mish and I had a 20-minute discussion talking about Becky Lynch, talking about Charlotte. We were on opposite sides of the coin in a lot of ways, but the discussion that we had, I hate using the word epic because so many people use that, but it was such a strong conversation with a lot of meat and potatoes in it. I can't tell you how many private messages and emails I got from our patrons that absolutely loved the conversation, whether they agreed with me or agreed with Mish. So what I did was I gave it to Epic Sports to put the clip on YouTube. It's not even up there 24 hours, and it is amazing how much debate and discussion it has sparked. So I am going to play that audio for everyone here today to enjoy. You know, one, so you can hear my take on Becky Lynch and how WWE has utilized her for the last couple of weeks, Mish's take. And it's interesting because there are reports going around today that WWE may be tweaking a little bit the storyline because they did not expect the fans to still continue staying behind Becky Lynch the way that they have the last two weeks. And to me, I kind of feel like it puts an exclamation point of what I said uh, a week ago, even the SummerSlam pay-per-view recap. So you'll get that audio a little bit later. But there's something I want to open up with. I had no plans on talking about this, but Jay Raphael, big fan of this show, Solo Monster and others, he wrote something on Solo Monster's page. And, um, you know, tagged me, so I saw it. And it really, I, I don't want to use the word triggered, but it really pissed me off. And I want you to listen very closely of what I'm about to say when I open up this show, because in everything that I say, none of it is going to criticize 
that super fan of Bailey was Izzy, the 12-year-old girl from Florida. I am not criticizing her in any way, shape, or form. But to this fucking wrestling promotion, Punk Pro Wrestling in Orlando, Florida, to this Matarats wrestler, what's his name, Effie Gibbs? I don't know who the fuck it is. I never heard of him before. To her parents, her guardians, her aunt, her uncle, whoever the fuck watches this girl, you know, fuck all of you. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? Now, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, let me preface it with this. As I said moments ago, any of us that were rabid wrestling fans at 12 years old fantasize being in the ring, okay? I have told this story 20 plus years, going back to the hotline days. When I was 14 years old, I was in Juniper Park, and me and my friends were playing wrestling and on the swings and the sliding ponds and all the other shit that was going on in Juniper Park, and I climbed the top of a sliding pond. My friend was laid out on the floor pretending to be Piper or somebody else. I did the I love you sign. Now, in Juniper Park at that time, there was concrete on the floor, but they had like this foam padding. So like if you fell off a swing or something like that, you wouldn't scrape your knee. But it's not like wrestling pads that it protects and absorbs everything. So what happened was I do the I love you sign. I jump off to do the splash onto my friend and my friend at the last minute gets out of the way. I land the wrong way. I break my ankle. My father brings me to the hospital and I'm in a cast. And then I realized right then and there, not the smartest thing to do. Whether you're 14 years old or 40 years old, you don't do shit like that. So now you got this girl, the super fan in Florida, Izzy. She's been seen on NXT. She's, you know, hugged people, cried, happy. She's a super fan, but she's still a 12 year old girl developing physically developing mentally developing psychologically all right a 12 year old there's a reason why a 12 year old is not allowed to do a lot of things on their own so what happens over the weekend in orlando florida for punk pro wrestling they actually put this 12 year old girl in the ring. Now, before anybody says to me, look at Steve Carino's kid. Look at blah, 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 who started wrestling at 13. I don't give a fuck. You don't justify stupid behavior with other stupid behavior. You don't justify bad behavior with other bad behavior. You know, so you got this 12-year-old girl. She's actually in a match in Florida. She's taking a choke slam from a regular wrestler. She's doing a super kick, this, this, and that. And she goes on Twitter immediately after. Oh, it was much more than my first match. It was much more than winning a title. It was a statement that wrestling is for everyone. And this, this, and that. And blah, 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 blah. And God bless Effie, who was an amazing opponent. And he protected me. And he had my back. And this, this, and that. And I love you all. You're 12 goddamn years old. Where the fuck are the adults to turn around and say, honey, you're still 12 years old. You need to grow up a little bit more. Then you train. Then you do this. All right. I also blame this on WWE putting fucking Nicholas at ringside. I don't want anybody to say to me, oh, you know, you didn't get in the ring and actually wrestle. Bullshit. Bullshit. 
There was no business for that promotion, that wrestler, those parents, guardians, whoever it is that allowed her to get into that ring. Not, I don't care that she wasn't injured. It's not a matter of just injury or non-injury. The fuck kind of example you're trying to show? All right. If it was someone who had cancer, who was terminal, and you put the person in the ring like when Triple H allowed that, that little kid to pin him and stuff like that, that's different. This fucking, they did an actual match and you got people popping this, this and that. Shame on all of you. And I'm not trying to be a party pooper. I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything like that. But there is no fucking excuse to allow that to go down in Florida. Every single person that was involved, I don't care how nice it was. I don't care how it gave her a memory forever. She's 12 goddamn years old. Show some responsibility. What the fuck is wrong with all of you to allow that shit to happen? Are you that fucking stupid? Are you that dumb? And for everyone out there that's like, oh, good for you. And I'm so proud of you. And this is that she's 12 years old. Adults are supposed to step up and educate her and make her understand that you can't do this right now. No matter how good you feel, no matter how much somebody's going to protect you, no matter how nice people are, no matter how much you love wrestling and it is your life, you're still goddamn 12 years old. Everybody was involved in that. You're this stupid, disgusting, moronic, asinine, and fuck you all. Seriously. One of the stupidest things that I have seen in a very long time in wrestling. A 12-year-old girl, I don't care who the fuck it is. You don't do something like that. And I have tried so hard on the shows in recent months to tone down the strong language. All right, we've got a major announcement coming. I can't share it now. Believe me, it's the biggest announcement I have ever made as far as ever doing the shows, even the hotlines. It's cool. One of the challenges that I was given back then was to tone down the vulgar language a little bit. But, you know, when I curse, I don't do it just to be brash or try to be, you know, uh, with an attitude. No, I'm speaking my mind. That's how much this shit pissed me off. What a fucking stupid story. And for any website out there that covered that too, you're fucking just as stupid. Just as stupid. Anyway, interesting thing that I saw online. You know, Owen Hart was recently... Uh, inducted into the Luthez uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. And there is a photo online of Martha Hart holding her husband's Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame plaque and smiling. And I know, you know, you all know Martha Hart will not, you know, allow Owen this and that and the problems with WWE. And look, I don't blame her for fucking hating WWE. You know, her husband died tragically. None of us have experienced anything like that, so we can't try to understand. When Bret Hart and others say, you know, not that it's time to let go, but stop trying to erase the memory of Owen Hart, that photo, to me, spoke volumes. I honestly, truthfully believe that if there was ever a chance of Owen Hart being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, it is now. I have a feeling that Martha Hart is softening a little bit. I would think that if WWE was smart, especially with the boatload of cash that they have, especially that they could write these off as, as ta- and on their taxes, the PR that they would get, they should write a check for the foundation that Martha Hart does 
And I honestly believe that Owen Hart will, in fact, go into the WWE. Will Martha Hart be there? Ah, uh, that might be pushing it. But I truly believe could happen as soon as 2019. I think the next couple of years at most, it's going to happen, everyone. It really is. I just got that feeling it's going to happen. So let's hope. And I know what some of you out there are going to say to be skeptical about it. It's not really a Hall of Fame. It's just a ceremony. It's not the point. You have wrestlers who have been inducted in Hall of Fame that cry like babies, that fucking love having that little moniker under their name when they get advertised elsewhere. A lot of people, it's one last thank you for everything that they have done. It's to allow the, uh, their peers to celebrate them and pay tribute to them as well. So yeah, there isn't a physical museum, but it's still an emotional uh, expression of gratification, thank you, honor, and you know, just immortalizing Owen Hart. It's going to happen. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Now, look, no denying. The magazine has gone downhill in years, and their lists... I think are sometimes designed to be controversial than to be accurate. They released their top 10 rankings for the pro wrestlers of 2018. They released their whole top 500. We only have the top 10 right now. We may have more of a list by Monday. If we do, we'll cover it on the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. But I got your top 10 and I'm going to share with you. And I'm just going to give you a very quick thought as far as this list. But I'll tell you what I also did. I took the time before and researched quickly. So I might be a one win or one loss off on some of these people, but I think um, I'm usually accurate completely. But I pulled the win-loss record of each one of these wrestlers on the list, but I pulled their win-loss record as a singles wrestler, not as a tag team wrestler. All right, so some of these records might sound awfully low for 2018, but in the case of, I'll give you an example, Okada. Okada's wrestled a ton of tag team matches in 2018. So I wanted to focus on the individual win-loss record. Yes, wrestling is predetermined. Yes, the promoters are the ones that decide who wins and who loses, but Wins losses also reflects, you know, the the wrestler and the push that they're getting and a lot of things. I know a lot of you out there with this 50-50 booking and all this other shit, but, you know, let's face facts. Records do matter, all right, even if it's predetermined. And it also gives, who wants to fucking follow a loser? Someone that loses every single time, every single time. It might have been cool in 1962 that even when the Mets lost, what, 120 games and everybody still rooted and loved them and this and the, the miserable Mets or whatever the fuck they were. You know, no. When you have wrestlers, you want to support a winner. You want your wrestler to win a title. If that wasn't true, if everybody out there that was upset about Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, why would you be upset? Wins, losses don't matter. So believe me, wins, losses do matter. But anyway... We're going to go from number 10 to number one. Number 10, The Miz. Number nine, Tetsuya Naito. Number eight, Cody. Number seven, Roman Reigns. Number six, Braun Strowman. Number five, Seth Rollins. Four, Brock Lesnar. Three, Okada. Two, AJ Styles. One, Kenny Omega. 
Now, in case you're wondering where they were ranked last year, Omega was ranked number five, AJ Styles number two, Okada number one, Brock Lesnar 25, Seth Rollins 16, Strowman 34, Roman Reigns number four, Cody 33, Naito 12, and The Miz 10. Now, as far as The Miz, I I know some of you out there kind of have that feeling that The Miz hasn't wrestled all that much this year. He's actually wrestled quite a bit. Um, his solo record for 2018 is eight and five. If you want to go through his all, all of his matches, he's 12 and 20. Not a great record. But as far as a solo wrestler, decent record. Does he deserve to be number 10? Yeah, as the overall package, I have no problem with it at all. Naito at number nine. Naito's record was 12 and five for 2018 so far. Cody's is 17 and six. Roman Reigns is 15 and eight. Braun Strowman is 17 and eight. Seth Rollins is 15 and five. Brock Lesnar is five and one. Okada is 11 and five. AJ Styles 14 and four. And Omega is 10 and five. Now, I am a fan of Brock Lesnar. I don't like the the storyline that they did. I don't like the way that WWE used him. I blamed all of this on WWE, not Brock Lesnar. I've said it a thousand and one times over. Anyone out there that thinks that Brock Lesnar really did stay home and not show up at WWE events is on drugs. All right. And you'd be even more on drugs if you thought that Brock Lesnar should should have showed up on Raw over the past year and say, look, I know I'm not, you know, you told me not to work today, but, you know, I think you needed me. So this one's on me. I'm going to give you a freebie. They don't fucking work that way. WWE is the one that organized this contract, utilized the contract the way they did. They did a fucking terrible storyline, much too late, in my opinion. But Pro Wrestling Illustrated, how do you put a guy who's 5-1 and one as number four? It, it just makes no sense. In my opinion, I probably would have put AJ Styles number one, but I noticed a conversation that a lot of you have had this year about AJ Styles. And I don't know if I agree with you or not, but I have noticed more and more people saying that if you look back at 2018 with AJ Styles, are there any matches that really stand out to you that you were like, wow, that was a fucking incredible match? You know, you look at, you know, previous years in the WWE, you could think of John Cena, you could think of some of his matches he's had that were phenomenal, pun intended. AJ Styles has been solid all year long. If there was one or two signature matches this year that would have just really blew me out of the water with AJ Styles, I would have put him number one. But because of that, I have no problem with him being number two. I have no problem with Omega number one. Okada three is fine. I kind of feel like maybe Seth Rollins should have been number three. Strowman at number six, uh, I'm not convinced on that. You know, because you look how WWE has booked him and everything. Look, Braun Strowman has improved tremendously. He is over with the crowd. I will get into Strowman in a minute because a few of you have asked me about where I think what happened Monday on Raw is going to go. I'll get into that in a moment. Roman Reigns at number seven. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, no big deal. Cody on that list, he deserves it. Naito on that list, he deserves it. I really don't have much of a problem with the top 10 list. I just don't like Brock Lesnar all the way at number four. And I would have, if I was forced to push push somebody a little bit higher, probably would have been Seth Rollins, in my opinion. Maybe you go 
Omega One Styles Two Rollins Three or Omega One Rollins Two Styles Three. You could flip flop them. I, I personally, I think if people out there saw Rollins One Omega Two Styles Three, I don't think anybody would have had an argument with that either. So that is basically your list. So now, since I brought up Braun Strowman, it's been advertised for next week on Raw. We're going to have Braun Strowman teaming up with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus The Shield. And people are all fucking confused. You know, why are you turning Braun Strowman heel? It should have been, you know, Roman Reigns. Is that? Listen, what WWE is doing right now is they're just, they have this attitude that, you know, they could confuse you for a particular week. You know, Roman Reigns, you know, has his thing going on with um, Braun Strowman. So by default, since Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins helped Roman Reigns take out Braun Strowman, and since Drew McIntyre and and, uh, Dolph Ziggler are also going uh, at it with members of the Shield that they decide to make a six-man tag. That doesn't mean that Braun Strowman all of a sudden is a major heel with Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Would not surprise me in the least that Braun Strowman has, you know, during the match, a falling out with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, walks out, maybe hit chokeslams them both or fucking hits a move, whatever he fucking does. So if anyone out there that thinks that WWE has turned Braun Strowman uh, you know, hit the brakes a little bit. Overanalyzing it, this is just to make a six-man tag match. That's all it is. It's to make a six-man tag match. There is a local advertisement floating around that at Hell in a Cell, it'll be Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. So, and there is a graphic for that too. So it looks like that there is a, a high possibility that will be one of your matches at Hell in a Cell. And speaking of Hell in a Cell, here are the matches that are confirmed so far. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus The Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag match. Again, I've talked about this over the last couple of months. WWE blowing their load with Daniel Bryan and The Miz way before WrestleMania. You kind of feel like a a seven, eight-year feud, whatever it was, should have culminated at WrestleMania. They ain't going that route. Now, I know some of you are going to think, well, maybe he's not going to resign. I I still think he's resigning with WWE. But them blowing their load this early, maybe they're preparing him for a title match at Mania. I don't know. But I kind of wish that this would have been held off until Mania, but it's happening at Hell in a Cell. There's a SmackDown tournament going on. The winners of that tournament will take on the New Day for the tag titles. You know, I'm sure you've heard the news of what's going on with uh, Eric Rowan. You know, it's it's a shame. It really is. But um, the New Day getting a tag title match again, I just, you know, just feels like they jumped the shark. Why isn't Big E being pushed for a possible world title run right now or a singles title? Uh, that doesn't mean that New that New Day is going to have Big E wrestle in this tag match at Hell in a Cell. But it was, after they feuded with the Usos and they shake hands in the ring, that should have been the end of it for a while. And it just feels like since WWE has not done the greatest of a job with the tag team division on SmackDown, by default, eh, put New Day back in. I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it right now. Um, 
Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey, a return match for the Raw Women's title. Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles for the WWE title. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy, Hell in a Cell. You know, I hate using this pun, but this is the beginning of the swan song for Jeff Hardy as far as his career. Um, A lot of people are thinking he's going to do a swanton bomb off the top of the cell. Let's just hope nobody gets injured. I know these two guys have been around for a very long time, so you might be a little bit confused of why they're fighting in the cell. You know what? If it's a great fucking match, why do you care? And Braun Strowman is going to cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase against Roman Reigns, Hell in a Cell for Universal title. That's what we have right now. Next week on Raw, they're bringing in Shawn Michaels, uh, there's also word that the Bellas are going to be appearing as well. They're going to be wrestling in the ring, apparently, against the Riot Squad. Uh, you know, it's, This is all being done because of evolution, obviously. I really hope that WWE reconsiders putting uh, the rumored match of Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella. I mean, I totally understand, you know why some people think that that match is okay. The only way that I have a, have no problem with that match is if it's similar to Brock Lesnar and John Cena from a few years ago. If Ronda Rousey just destroys Nikki Bella, all right, I'm fine. The problem is, is that with all due respect, Nikki Bella is not a really polished, great wrestler in the ring. And neither is Ronda Rousey. So to think that Nikki Bella is going to take all of these crazy bumps and this is and that and just bump all over the place for Ronda Rousey, I'm just not buying it. I'm just not buying it. And even if that match takes place, it should not be the main event for Evolution. Not even close. Third or fourth match from the end, yes. I hope WWE reconsiders. We don't know if it's if that's the match that's going to go down. There's been a lot of talk that it is. I hope WWE reconsiders, seriously, because I'm not in looking forward to that at all. Now, let me also mention that October 6th in Australia is the Super Showdown event. I talked about it a little bit on the SummerSlam recap, and WWE is pushing this hard. They're going to have Shawn Michaels on Raw this Monday to hype up Triple H versus The Undertaker. You're going to look back on it and you're going to laugh at the amount of hype that WWE is dedicated to this singular match. And when it goes down in, in Australia, it is going to be, in my opinion, a quick five to seven minute match at most. You know, I mean, did, when I talked about this with Kev last Monday, didn't he say something that he thought it would be like a 20 or 30 minute main event match? I, I don't think that's anywhere close to that. I mean, it could happen. But you're going to look back on it, in my opinion, you'll be like, wow, all of this fucking hype for that. Remember John Cena versus Undertaker for WrestleMania? And everybody was, all of this hype and the storyline and push, 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 push. Throw down people's throat, push, 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 push. And the match took place. And come on, you remember what it was. I mean, I could get up right now, take a leak, wash my hands, come back, and the match is probably already over. So... I don't know what's going to happen. Sure, it's the last time. Okay, it's the last time. Fine. But as I said last Monday, I have no problem with that match taking place. 
I'm just not putting a lot of stock in that match. To me, it is a novelty match, and there is nothing wrong with it being a novelty match. I just hope that, you know, the match is decent. Undertaker feels like he's in phenomenal shape. Him and, and Triple H really do mesh well together, and it's like riding a bike to them. They will be able to work with each other with no problem whatsoever. I just hope it just doesn't go very, very short. So Anyway, the lineup so far for that event, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles for the WWE title. Number one contenders match, The Miz versus Daniel Bryan. Triple H versus The Undertaker. John Cena and Bobby Lashley versus Elias and Kevin Owens. Oh, wait, I thought he quit. The Shield versus Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. And I got news for you. That match is interesting that they're still advertising in the way that they are. Because this event doesn't take place until October 6th. I think there is no fucking chance in hell that Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre are a cohesive trio between August 29th and October 6th. Are you fucking kidding me? There ain't no way. So I will not be surprised if that match changes soon. And then you have the Bellas and Ronda Rousey versus the Riot Squad. So right now, the Bellas and Ronda Rousey are good goody with each other. Something's going to happen on that match. And maybe if we'll have... Look, if there's disgruntledness or a faux pas or something happens in that match with Nikki Bellas having a stare down with Ronda Rousey, then you could fear the worst that they're probably going to face each other at Evolution. And again, if they have a match and Rousey just annihilates her, okay, that's fine. But um, I'm just not looking forward to it. It's just, it's not a good sell to me, in my opinion. Uh, before I go any further, I want to give a happy birthday to Leo Nunez. He's one of our longtime listeners, big supporter of the show. He uh, celebrates his birthday on Monday. And also happy anniversary to Courtney Summers and her husband. They're going to celebrate their first anniversary, uh, I think, this weekend. So their first anniversary. That's fucking great. It really is. Um, Leo, let me give some shout-outs as well. And I want to do this in reverse this time. You know, we have sponsors of the show, Texas Podcast Massacre. You know, I hate coming off as just reading a list. I fucking hate that. That's one thing that I vowed since 1997 I never do. You know, there's nothing wrong with reading quotes and reading things word for word to make sure that you have a statement, a quote, something correctly. But when it comes to plugs, you know, everybody that supports our show, your family. So I'm not going to read word for word. Texas Podcast Massacre. Awesome horror film themed podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Nah, it's cheesy. So go check them out. They have a website as well, Texas Podcast Massacre. They have an article up right now talking about the Amityville Horror House in Long Island. And it's a really, really great read. So go check that out. And it's not the same Amity, but Rocked Reviews who does a, a really cool podcast talking about like rock music and they do reviews in a very unique way. Right now, the two latest podcasts up there, they're reviewing Alice in Chains and Amity Affliction. And trust me, you sign up, these are free. Check them out once. I mean, you like what we do. All of these shows are so unique in their own style. I'm telling you, you'll get hooked. And I know a lot of you already have. 
DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast, The Sneaker Addict. You know, not only does he do podcasts with wrestlers and politicians and sports figures and movie stars, musicians, rappers, talking about sneakers. He also reviews sneakers. And he's doing, he did a review, I think today, for the Justin Timberlake Air Jordan 3s. So go check that out as well. He's got some really fabulous reviews up there. SubZeroComics.com for all your comic book, wrestling, and pop culture collectible needs. One of our good friends, Elman Shah, he's got a displayed store. If you go to my website, DonTony.com, the link is there. He puts pop culture artwork onto metal, and it's really, really cool. So visit his store. Crisis in the Toyverse, they have their own podcast. You could search them on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. They have some reviews up there right now, uh, reviewing some Diamond Select toys, including Disney and some others. And they did a review of my bobblehead. So if anything, go there and just look at the review for the bobblehead. It was just so touching and so humbling and it was so fucking cool. I didn't ask him to do that. And uh, I didn't even know they were going to do that. He's just a good friend and loyal supporter of the show. I sent him a bobblehead. Now, I know about that couple of thousand of you out there. I was just saying, I'm a loyal supporter. Send me a bobblehead, too. It's not that easy. Your best part. By the way, I don't, for people at ask, I have no update regarding Kev with his bobblehead, stuff like that, shirts. This I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I handle my own merchandise, shirts, bobbleheads, other stuff that's coming out. Kev handles his stuff. If you have any questions with Kev regarding his merch, do you have to speak to him about it? You know, he's a big boy. He handles his stuff. I handle mine. And that's the way it should be. I mean, honestly, it's better that way. This way, you know, I could worry about, you know, my stuff and he could worry about his. And finally, your best bargains, LLC. They got an Amazon store and an eBay store as well. Great stuff. I've purchased from them before and go check them out. Um, I'm going to shout out our associate producers in a moment. First, I want to give everyone out there the audio that Mish and I did last week on Breakfast Soup, talking about Becky Lynch, talking about Charlotte. You hear our complaints, our recommendations, what we liked, what we disliked, what we agreed, disagreed. And like I said, both Mish and I put up awesome, valid points. Neither one of us were won the argument. Neither one of us lost the argument. I know a lot of you out there will take my side. A lot of you out there will take Mish's side. There is no win, loss, right, wrong here. But I could honestly say it was one of the best conversations that we had regarding women's wrestling in the WWE. I really feel that that WWE missed the boat with something with Becky Lynch. Can it still be repaired? Absolutely. Very interesting that websites today are now saying, eh, WWE may take a little direction, so different direction. So maybe what I suggested will end up happening. I don't know. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. But I'll admit, this is also a little plug for our Patreon page. I mean, we have the page set up because the cost of doing these shows have gone astronomical. And, you know, we the Patreon page keeps these shows free for everyone. And it helps keeps the bills in check. I mean, it's no denying it. Still have to dip into the pocket to take care of things. And that, that's always going to happen. But, you know, it's a little plug. The conversation mission I did with was fabulous. And there's hundreds of hours of Patreon-exclusive shows over there. So patreon.com slash Don Tony. As little as five bucks, you get the shows. 
There's giveaways, contests, there's little vlogs that I'm starting to do. I actually just ordered video equipment yesterday so I could start doing some vlogs on location. There's a couple of things going on. I mean, everybody on Patreon already knows the deal. And uh, this retro audio up there, lost episodes in a minority report, vintage mass maniac episodes, old hotline reports from 20 years ago, listening to a very, you know, unpolished. I'm still not polished, but here yours truly from 20 years ago. I sound like the biggest fucking nerd around. So patreon.com slash Don Tony. Without further ado, here is the conversation mission I had last week regarding Becky Lynch and Charlotte. And when I return, I will get into some more news and tidbits WWE in my opinion royally fucked up yesterday I talked about it on the SummerSlam recap a little bit that Charlotte is better suited as a heel and Becky being you know the the attitude baby face if you want to draw comparisons where Bailey snapped weeks back and you know finally got her frustration out on Sasha Banks we see where that storyline went you know, I think maybe there'll still be a turn and maybe they'll face each other at Evolution. Maybe there'll be a tag team in the tag team tournament, which hasn't been announced yet. They're saving that in the back pocket. But WWE really missed the boat on something yesterday. And I really am totally, totally behind this. Be- Daniel Bryan, The Rock, Steve Austin, CM Punk, what do they all have in common? CM Punk, the voice of the voiceless. Steve Austin being what we always wanted to do with our employer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rock, the people's champion. Daniel Bryan, the yes movement, the fans. WWE right now has no... Daniel Bryan in the women's division. Don't tell me Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey's out there to kick ass, take names, do her business, and be the best she could possibly be. Who is the people's champion, quote-unquote, in the women's division? Who is the Daniel Bryan of the women's division? Becky Lynch yesterday with her promo could have been the Daniel Bryan of the women's division. Now, before anybody says she's not the Daniel Bryan of the women's division, she's the Becky Lynch of the women's division. What I mean by that is what she should have did on the mic yesterday is I see all your frustrations. I hear all your frustrations. I see everybody upset. Why do I not get an opportunity? Why do I keep being screwed? For everybody out there that stood by me and supported me, this is... I, I'm doing it for all of you, and she had it and totally snapped, and she's not going to take it anymore, and she is the representatives of the people that stood behind her because when she was thrown into this match and finally you felt they're finally taking a, t- a turn with Becky's career, the fans were completely behind her. Then you throw Charlotte in the three-way, and everybody felt like, Wow, you know, Charlotte, we like her. She's talented. She's arguably the greatest woman on the roster right now. But, man, give Becky the opportunity for now. Charlotte's just coming back from an injury, whatever it is. You know, you know, give her a different storyline. Why fucking throw her right back in the mix? And, yes, I, I totally agreed with the outcome from SummerSlam. Because, as I said Sunday night, what would you have rather had? Becky Lynch winning the women's titles at SummerSlam? And then now what? Or... 
She loses and then chases the title for the next month, gets the attitude change, you know, really gets the the emotion behind the fans. And then when she wins the title with that one month worth of buildup, it feels like everybody won. Everybody that supported one. And at the same time, Charlotte, who is a thousand times better as a heel, could have cut a promo yesterday on the crowd and said, I win and you say I deserve being attacked. So yesterday, when they forced Becky turning on the fans, the fans still cheered her because the, the fans are not being Brooklyn, as Kev said. Oh, it's Brooklyn. No, it's not. The, the wrestling fans are wrestling fans. The wrestling fans, by still cheering for her yesterday, are basically telling WWE, look, you're fucking foolish. Becky Lynch should have been representing us because that's who we wanted. And... Charlotte should have been the one that we would have booed yesterday. It would have made uh, so I go ahead. No, so basically they don't have any woman on the roster right now that represents the people, that does it for the people, that listens to the people. The rest the women wrestlers wrestle and we watch it. But you don't, I mean, I, you could say Bailey to a certain extent, but it's not because Bailey does this because she loves wrestling and this is an ad and she loves the fans, but that's what a baby face is. Becky Lynch could have been that renegade for the people, representing the people, for everybody out there that's frustrated, I'm doing this for you. She, should have, she shouldn't have been healed yesterday. Charlotte should have been. We are going to agree and disagree on the same topic for this. I agree that uh, that Becky's promo yesterday should have been the calling card. I disagree that it should have been for the fans. Becky Lynch, who has been playing by the rules for the last two plus years, who has been the good guy and the baby face and every single opportunity has been squandered or lost or ripped away from her. When she snapped on Charlotte at SummerSlam and came out on Tuesday, she should have came out there and motherfucked the company. She should have pulled a CM Punk. For two years, I've been out here busting my ass and and losing opportunities. and, and, And Charlotte now just stole what was supposed to be me versus Carmella away from me. She stole my opportunity away from me. And, and I'll get on to Charlotte in a second, too, because you, you totally missed what happened on Tuesday with Charlotte. There are some visual peaks that you missed. The fact that Charlotte was in the corner and her eyes were fluttering and she was crying. Oh, I fell in love with that fucking moment. Seeing Charlotte I hated it. cry. I hated it. Because, but but let me let me explain why. Because that means... These two bitches are going to kill each other. And I love that. I love that there's actual, there's not real heat, but there is real heat in storyline. Mm. These two women both have by right a reason to kill each they other. They could still have done that. Charlotte could have said for everybody out there that said, I deserve it. After being attacked viciously like she did at SummerSlam. And if Becky represents the people... Then I am no, going to uh, no no, but I'm saying Charlotte could have said that to the crowd, for everybody out there that is behind Becky, no. and all of you said I deserve it. I I will 
It will be an honor. It's a story of two baby faces. I hate. I that. don't think. Oh, I fucking hated fine. that. You know Jackie how many should have turned on the fans and told oh. the fans that the reason I've lost all of this shit. It wasn't because of the fans. The fans didn't want Charlotte in that three way. They well, they did. Oh, they did. Uh. Look, to be fair. Everybody wanted Charlotte in there as much as they wanted Becky in there. Everybody didn't want Carmella to win. That's the one thing, whether you're on Becky's side or Charlotte's side throughout all of this. The I one just, thing everybody agrees on is that nobody wanted Carmella to walk out of there with a fucking belt. I, I just think that WWE had a golden opportunity to finally make like I a woman too. that represents the fans. Renegade attitude. Back at her. If she motherfucked the company. If she fucking talked about for two years, I followed the rules and I still yeah, fucking. Yeah, but how many times have we've company? had that storyline in our lifetime? It's been a thousand times we've heard Not that. Woman. What yeah. woman's done that? Nikki Bella. Oh. I mean, come on, there's never been a woman that's done that, and especially the fact that it's Becky Lynch. It made sense. It's a sensical thing for her to say. It's sensical. It makes sense that she's frustrated with the company. It makes sense that she's frustrated with her outcomes. Totally makes sense. I'm not saying that that would make her a heel. That would, if anything, make her a tweener. It would totally make yeah, her a tweener. She could be a tweener, but she should. WWE has never had. You know, understand what I'm saying? Like Daniel Bryan, The Rock. Right. You know, even all, They've never had a CM Punk female either. Yeah. And they blew it yesterday, in my opinion. Because, I, I because who's, who's going to be the next one to do it? Who else? I mean, no, in the immediate future, I can't think of anybody. No, not not now. I mean, Becky hell, Lynch. The first we've even came close to it. I didn't expect Becky Lynch to turn heel. First off, for I SummerSlam, I did not horrible. expect it. It was a lot of people yesterday. thought that I was going to be Charlotte to turn heel. I was on the the bandwagon of believing that Charlotte was going to be the one to turn heel. So when Becky did it, I fucking I loved it because it made sense. I hate Here's it. a girl who's had her, a thumb on her since she got into the main roster of the company, who's literally been fucking forced into the background of everything. And now she's finally had it. She can't take it no more. How much more sense can you right, possibly Right, but a lot of fans echoed that same feeling. So she could have turned on the company, turned on Charlotte, but turn around and be the badass representing everyone who shared her frustration. And just said, and just said, you know what? Fuck it, because there's a lot of people on the internet that thought she, you know, was cool to see her edgy, that wanted to see her win the belt, that wa- that did not like. Sure. I disagree. I don't think any remotely close anybody wanted to see Charlotte in the three. I think people wanted to see Becky defeat Carmella one on one, and when it turned into a three way, uh, I don't think fans liked what? it. Got to be honest with you, if it was just going to be Becky Lynch. Versus Carmella at SummerSlam, Carmella would have won. I oh, hate to say it's it. possible, but I, but that's my point. Is it safe is to say the reason that people wanted Charlotte in that match was because it? Well, obviously, you know, from the Mark side of things, it lowered the odds, right? But from the reality side of things, is Charlotte is a better champion than yeah. Carmella? Oh, listen, I Whether said- you like Charlotte or not. She's a better champion. She's a better representative of women's wrestling on SmackDown than Carmella ever could hope to be. Absolutely. I, but, t- I said, good, good. But the, the thing is, is the thing that makes the Becky Lynch angle so believable is Charlotte wasn't supposed to be in that match. So from the storyline point of view, it adds to the fuel of why Becky would motherfuck the company. 
And if anything, the only heel, the only real heel in WWE that all the fans can get behind ain't Roman Reigns. It's WWE. Mm -hmm. It's WWE. That's the ultimate heel in the company is the company itself. Right. That I agree with. Stephanie McMahon. It's not even Triple H. It's the company itself. It's the system. It's the system. I, I thought Charlotte winning Sunday was the right way to go. I said that Sunday. I, I I felt Becky Lynch building this for a month, then winning, will feel more. In fact, I'll go one step further. Have her win the title at Evolution. Sure. You know, I, but I, instead, I but I like it now. Here's the flip side where you did did not agree with me on. I think Charlotte is the perfect one because you are literally in that stance since I don't know if I'd compare it to Hogan and Savage levels because there was a woman involved with that, which mm. made it all fucking awkward. Right. But you could easily do it with the jealousy. I would compare it more to Edge and Christian. Okay. Becky Lynch is Christian and Charlotte is Edge. Mm. And Charlotte has built up this rapport. She's built up her fan base. She's known as a champion. I mean, she's a queen, as as Corey always calls her and everything else like that. She is kind of the SmackDown badass. And she happens to be Becky Lynch's best friend. They, they don't do the little teacups, you know, for the last couple of weeks, you know, for nothing. There's a reason that they, they constantly kept doing that. Mm. They even made jokes to really bring you home on the whole turn angle. Because they, you know, they made the jokes about, oh well, at least we're not Sasha and Bailey, and they both laughed about that. And Becky flips out. Could have on been Sean. Triple H or Michaels. Sure, that that works too. But at that point, when Charlotte was there, fucking crying, but it wasn't like sad tears. It was like you fucking stabbed me. Right. I mean, she she literally came out to the ring. And the first thing she did was when the when the curtain opened and they had their music playing and shit like that. She's like this. You fucking did this for this, and she throws the fucking title like Medusa did in the trash. Mm. She fucking threw down the title. I had goosebumps. I'm like, these two bitches are going to I, kill each other. I want to make it clear. I have. I am not questioning the Charlotte winning. I I would not have it any other way. I just think Charlotte should be the heel right now. Becky should be. The baby face with a bad attitude. I think they're both baby faces, though. I, I do. I really I think hope they, they tweak this a little bit in the next week I, or two. They, they, they got to. that. The Becky thing, they had to notice the reaction because the worst thing about the Becky promo was when she was saying, and the fans all turned on See, me. See, that's, that's the... That, that it, was, no, that that's was not true. That was a really bad line. Well, she said that, but all the fans were chanting Becky in the background. Right. That's what I'm saying. It turns yeah. her into, in uh, like... It, the storyline, what makes it best is where everything makes sense. And that comment just sounds like a, a heel, a typical generic heel. You yeah. all hate me. But meanwhile, the they're only cheering. The way she can get out of that is by if she regresses at some point and says, that's just the way I feel. Yeah. Because then people can be like, okay, well, you know, give Becky more love. But that's the only way she uh, One simple sentence. You know, I said that everybody turned on me last week. That Obviously, was people that were chanting for me. But you know what? That's just the way I feel. Was, what are you going to say? No. That was horrendous. You can't disagree with that. <laughs> and it adds credence to her character and the reason that she turned. Uh, you know, and the fact that Charlotte came out there and threw the belt on the ground, dude, that I. Well, that I'm fine with. 
Oh, that was amazing. But that built it up. Becky, that really built it up. Because if she just came out there like, oh, I'm the champion again, and she was wearing the belt and keeping it all prideful no, she and could, like that, she, it would have made Charlotte look like she shit. She could have done, everything could have done exactly that way yesterday. The only thing I would have done different was have Charlotte diss the fans and not Becky uh-huh. because it made sense from Sunday. Charlotte loves the fans. Oh, she didn't know. You know, I'm sure she does. Of course, they mean they're playing just characters on TV. They all oh, love the fans. In real life, of course. But, in real, yeah, I mean, but I'm just, Charlotte oh, it just, still loves the fans. when you have on Sunday the crowd going nuts for Becky, loving it, and then they're chanting her name, and then she's saying something that is scripted. And you know it's scripted, and it felt like it was scripted. And sure, everything yesterday was scripted, but the, when you do something and you feel like it's scripted and it makes no sense, and she's saying you all turned on me when no, no one did. You and realize you, that you're trying. Okay, it's not like a heel that says you all hate me. But she's not a heel. See, here's the thing. Then why would is you the way that you're discussing that? this is you're turning Becky Lynch from being a baby face. To turning her into being a baby face. It's not actually a turn then. If you're having Becky still be loved by fans, but only more so because of the promo that she cut or the reason that she did that, you are literally turning Becky Lynch from being a baby face for the last two years into a different baby yeah, face. Yeah, a baby face with an attitude. You know, not going to take shit no more. But then that's a gimmick change, not a yeah, baby face. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a, a gimmick turn. change. Well, she yeah. shouldn't have turned, in my opinion, they tried to turn her heel yesterday and it sucked. Oh, I like I said that one stupid line. She can fix it. I I totally believe it could still be fixed. Like I said, all she has to do is say that that's just the way I feel. Nobody can deny that. Why? Like even if people why? love in storyline, why would you feel that way? In because of the way that she's been treated by the company for the last. Well, few years. that's the company. That's not the fans. Yeah, but the fans are the ones that do all the voting and, oh, cheer for this favorite and not for this favorite. And if the fans really cared, then the company would actually be behind her and give her more opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Dude, you can totally write around that. Oh, Easily look, right you, could, you could get around that by saying that you cheered Charlotte and you supported Charlotte and people, right. you know, but... That well, line was just support me forced. As much supported Charlotte. Yeah, why I, did you give me as much love? I, dude, it, it, it totally works that yeah. way. And even though it's untrue, because in her mind, that's the way she feels, which yeah. is what makes a good heel to right. begin with. Right. Even though she's not a heel, but that's what makes a good heel is that they believe in their conviction. You know what I would have done yesterday? Then she could have said to my face, to the crowd, to my, you know, all of you out there that claim you supported me. To my face, you smiled and you cheered for me. And behind my back, you you stabbed me in the back yes. and, and you supported Charlotte. Totally. That's totally. what I would have done yesterday. she can still yesterday. say that shit. Well, she can still better say do it that. soon. <laughs> better do oh, no, it soon. Well, I mean, obviously, we're only one SmackDown in. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a few more. Opp- there's absolutely going to be more opportunities for her to talk. I totally agree. There's She can absolutely turn it around with just a couple of sentences, clear up her promo, and it'll be believable. Yeah. But I really think that the Becky Lynch Charlotte feud is going to be what everybody expected the Sasha and oh, Bailey yeah. feud to be. Absolutely, and you know what? That could be the reason why they took a different direction with Sasha and Bailey. They said, you know what? I think uh, Becky and Charlotte would be a lot better. Well, not only that, they built up their friendship even better. Like That's, there was yeah. uh, Sasha and Bailey. <sighs> Sasha is such a cold fish. Yeah, and she's always kind of been a cold fish, and Bailey's always kind of been the bumbling girl. 
Like she's not supposed to be that, but the main roster has treated both of these girls this way. She comes Sasha's off always come off like innocent. you know, pretty little princess, right? Innocent and, and naive. Off as naive. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Whereas Charlotte and Becky, Charlotte's never come off as naive or innocent. Charlotte's come off as very confident of herself, very almost to the point of arrogance, right? But has the pedigree behind her, and she. She backs it up in the ring. Right. And Becky Lynch has always had this fiery underdog kind of feel where it's like, you know, here's a girl who can wrestle and she can talk, but she just never quite makes it. Like, literally, that's been her character for two years. Mm-hmm. And they both are friends. And even when the roster was split and shuffled around and stuff like that, they still remained friends. And out of the four horsewomen that they wanted to project from NXT up till now, the only two that genuinely still seem like good friends was Charlotte and Becky Lynch. So when this finally exploded, it's like, there you go. There's the angle that you really want to highlight more than any other female angle since the women's evolution. This is the one that might change people's minds. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, look, it's, I knew it was going to be a wonderful debate. It was, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, I don't think there's any wrong or right comment here. I think, uh, you know. No, the, I fucking strapped into my seat man yeah so it's it's it, it was cool because a lot of people sent in comments about becky so you obviously know that something is being done right sure. um you know it's just to me it's a shame to that one line just kind of like poo-pooed it a little bit but yeah. hey if this uh clip shows up on patreon you know for the non-patrons out there this is Breakfast Soup. This is what we do. Sign up, patreon.com slash Don Tony. You got hundreds of hours of stuff like this. So. Sure, sure. I hope you liked it. Please let us know what you think. Agree, disagree. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. The website, dontony.com. I know I'm plugging it early, but why not? Email me, dontony at dontony.com, uh, facebook.com slash DTKC show, and you know, let us know your added thoughts on this. So, shout out to our new and returning patrons, Jerry Ansel and Mike Carson, our associate producers, Tyg C. Bowers, John Steck, Ian Mitchell, John Coffey, Russell Zibinaller, Andrew914, Brandon Davidson, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Harris, Razorback Rob, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Charles Lentz, The Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, Michael Cuomo, Daniel Warren, Brian Byrne, Rob McCabe, Douglas McKay, Marcus Antonius, The Metaphysic Fox, Spider Lewin, Cheese and Rice, Carl Buteau, Frank O'Shea, Brandon Rice, Julian LeBlanc, Anna the Gay Banana, Anna, I don't give a shit about your kids, Banana, Douglas McKay, Murrow Coombs Jr., Kenneth Hewlett, Russell Zavala, Donald J. Trump, James Deal, Crestman, C.J. Uihara, Scott Woodford, Toby DeShong, Jason Pratt, Josh Wilson, Mandingo Chamberlain, Danes Valdez, Lucia Dalban, Sean DeMarsh, Bob O'Mac, Tim Everhart, Jeffrey Collins, Matt Militia, Mark Israel, James Gruesome, Anthony Smith, Nahia, Aaron Cross, Brent Webster, Aaron Walker, Hassan Hashmi, John Stern, Nickel Time, Billy Taylor, and Croissant Tamale, the evil baker and food truck guy. Thank you, our associate producers. I know the list is long. 
And I know you've heard those names a million times over. That just shows you how dedicated they are, what we do. They are truly the stockholders of our show. Everyone on Patreon, really, really tremendous. Thank you so much for the support. And like I said, you could always sign up. And I will tell you this. You know, if you get to sign up now, you know, they always charge everyone the beginning of every month. Yes, it's August 29th. If everyone that wants to sign up cannot wait until September 1st, if you sign up now and you send me a message and you let me know, I will refund your money, your $5 immediately because on September 1st, you're going to be charged again. So I have done that for everyone in the past who's that's happened to. If that's ever happened to someone, you send me a private message. I take care of it. That's how I am. So now, uh, let's see. We have All In this week. I have a poll up on Twitter right now. Do you want me to do an audio recap? It's interesting because right now it's about 50-50. And, uh, you know, people are asking me, why do I have on the list, is Jacob deGrom going to appear at All In? If anyone out there that's a baseball fan, you know who Jacob deGrom is. Um I've, I have to apologize to Mish, and I have to apologize to Kev also. I trolled them on Monday's DTKC show. You know, I was doing real work for my office, and I was also listening to them in the background. And what happened was they were discussing Neville. They didn't know Neville's real name. And, you know, a few people were talking about it in the chat room. And... You know, to me, it's like, okay, you know, I, I know Mish was not prepared to talk about Neville, so he didn't do a Google search to see what his name was or whatever, but I know the topic came up, and they did not know who his name was, so somebody on our chat room wrote Jacob deGrom, and Kev never fig- figured it out that that's a Mets pitcher, and he's a huge Mets fan, so I was like, okay. So now they were also talking about the passing of a WWE executive, Ed Cohen. I know a lot of you out there, just about 99% of you don't never heard of him before. He was very instrumental behind the scenes with WWE for many, many years. He passed away and nobody knew his age. Everybody online did not know his age. Nobody reported. I actually had done the research and I found that he was 62 years old. So what happened was when somebody wrote Jacob DeGrom and they were doing a Mets sports, I decided, okay, I'm going to troll. And I said that Ed Cohen was 35 years old because here in New York, there is a New York sportscaster by the name of Ed Cohen who's 35 years old. And, he, and if you look at his bio, wrestling is actually mentioned too. So Kevin Mish said that he was 35 years old. They even said that I told him that. But I was trolling a little bit. I don't like trolling. I honestly don't. I'm not good at it. But I apologize, especially to Mish, because, you know, he was the one reading the chat room and he saw that I wrote 35. So he said 35. But later on in the show, he saw that I I wrote the correct age was 62. But I was just having a good laugh of it because someone had wrote Jacob deGrom. And it was funny because even on the recap on YouTube, you know, they're talking about if Neville's going to be all in and it's talking about it real, his real name is Jacob deGrom. So I'm just having some fun with it on Twitter. But that's where the Jacob deGrom came from. And I apologize to Mission Kevin for trolling about Ed Cohen's age. His real age was 62 years old. That's from my own research. And uh, so there you go. Now, 
Uh, am I going to cover all in audio wise? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I'd like to. Do I plan on watching it? Absolutely. Was I planning on watching it on September 1st? You know, quite honestly, no, not really. You know, I didn't want to tie up my Saturday because, you know, it's like I said, my mom just turned 70. You know, we had a little cake yesterday, but we're having a get together on Saturday. I want to cut my get together short because I have to cover all in. So I am undecided if I'm going to do an audio recap of all in. Maybe I'll do it Sunday instead. The problem is I also have this week in wrestling history. So I do I want to do an all-in recap this week in wrestling history? Don, Tony, Kevin Castle show and Breakfast Soup, four shows in five days. So I'm unsure of it yet. Right now I have everybody, you know, on Twitter polling it to see if you want me to cover it. I mean, if the if the results are overwhelming, you know, that everybody wants me to cover it, then I will. But if it's like 50-50, 55-45, then, you know, it depends. We'll see. But I'm going to give you the lineup anyway, and I'm going to give you my quick predictions. Uh, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Um, To be honest with you, I don't, it does not feel like, in my opinion, that Cody Rhodes all of a sudden is going to be representing NWA and, you know, going all over the place. And sure, NWA is not what it once was. It's no remotely close. You know, Billy Corgan is really working hard to build on the NWA. So I have no problems with the work that's being done so far. I just kind of feel that the NWA belt seems to get the least amount of uh, buzz and talk online. So I kind of feel like Nick Aldis should retain. And I'm going to go with that. Uh, Marty Scroll versus Okada. Uh, almost everybody feels that Okada has taken this one. So I will go with that as well. Chicago Street Fight, Hangman Page versus Joey Janela with Penelope Ford. I kind of would like to see Joey Janela take this one. Rey Mysterio uh, Phoenix and Bandito versus the Golden Elite, which is Mac and Nick Jackson and Cody Ibushi. I'd like to see the Golden Elite take this one. Christopher Daniels versus Stefan Arnell. You know, I'm kind of like confused with this one. I mean, look, Christopher Daniels' career is so established and, you know, so, I don't want to say legendary. Is it a Hall of Fame career? Yeah. I mean, for pro wrestling itself, Christopher Daniels has done a lot. You just, this is one of those matches, though, that you kind of feel like there's going to be a swerve or interference or something like that. And Stefan Arnell is going to get the win. Just kind of feels that way. Briscoe Brothers versus SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. I want to see the Briscoe Brothers take that one. Here's where it gets interesting the over the budget battle royal. There's 15 participants. As of now, I believe they only announced 11. Jordan Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, Billy Gunn. Yes, that Billy Gunn. Jimmy Jacobs, Brandon Cutler, Punishment Martinez, and Marco Stunt. I want to see Neville show up. I want to see Neville in this battle royal. The fact that they haven't announced all 15 is going to be surprises. I want to see Neville as a surprise. I want to see him in this battle royal. I want to see him win. And I want to see him take on Jay Lethal later on because Jay Lethal, who is the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion right now, is supposed to take on the winner of this battle royal. I'd love to see Neville 
win the Battle Royal and defeat Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor world title. Madison Rain versus Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard in a four-way match. You know, Tessa Blanchard has a bright future. Um, I think some of the men out there, uh, because she's attractive and because she may thank someone in return, you know, like people get googly-eyed over her. So I kind of feel like people are focusing a lot of attention around Tessa Blanchard, even though at this point in her career, she has a long way to go. But even with that said, you just kind of feel like Tessa Blanchard has the most momentum right now, so you give it to her. Finally, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. You know, this is a toss-up. You know, Kenny Omega... I, I kind of lean towards Kenny Omega. Pentagon is a wild card sometimes. I know that there's rumors of Pentagon possibly, you know, going up north, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to stick with Kenny Omega to win that match. So there you are. Those are my predictions for All In. A uh, couple of quick questions. You know, we get questions for Breakfast Soup, but sometimes... Their questions, I think, are suited also for Breakfast with Blasi. And um, Ashik Farzan, you know, you wanted to know if they should push the Charlotte and Becky feud similar to the way they did with Orton and Christian from eight years ago. You know, I, I look at feuds from yesteryear, and I totally understand why you would bring up Orton and Christian. It's not a bad feud to bring up. But as I said with that discussion I had with Mish. You know, this feud is more than just the title. It's friends, you know, Charlotte being selfish, this is Sinat. This really could, you know, elevate the career of Becky Lynch big time. She already has the fan base. Why you would strip that away in, in lieu of a heel turn when Charlotte I think people will say for the most part is better as a heel and you strip that away to have her be the baby face. Remember what I said in that discussion, that following night, all that Charlotte should have said on the mic is I win. I get attacked from behind and you, the crowd, you say I deserve it. You know I mean? That's a gift. That's gift wrapped. That is the perfect Makes sense. The best storylines are the ones that make sense. It's not just suspension of disbelief. It's not this, you know, the as far as the line between reality and fantasy is sometimes clouded. You know, when storylines make complete sense, those are the ones that you enjoy the most and the ones that have usually the best results. And you know, you you see that this storyline is going like a perfect route this way. And for some reason, WWE's like, hey, I'm going to take the bumpy road instead. So, no, I think Charlotte and Becky have the capability of having a feud, you know, much different than anyone else out there. You could possibly argue that it could be a Lita Tristratus feud that could go on for a very long time. But in order for that to happen... This storyline needs to take a detour. And I'm hoping that what I said in that discussion happens. Not only because, hey, I'm right, everybody. No, it's just, in my opinion, that would make the most sense. It would tell the best story. 
And there's a lot of ways you could go with that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I have to give some love and appreciation to Progress Wrestling. I don't know if any of you out there heard about this story. Thank you, Courtney, for bringing this to my attention. A um, couple of weeks ago, young couple got married in Michigan. The names were Kip and Kyron Orfield. Wedding reception, you know, nothing, you know, huge. You know, they're just starting out as a couple, you know, trying to build a little nest egg and they get, you know, some gifts from friends and family in attendance. And someone stole $1,600 in wedding gifts out of a purse. And just a really fucked up situation. They were wrestling fans as well. So somehow Progress Wrestling had found out about it. They were having an event, I think on the 12th in Livonia. And they let everyone know who was in attendance, what happened to this couple, and that they were going to accept donations and raise money. And they were going to give a portion of the proceeds as well to the couple. And Progress Wrestling made up for all the money that was stolen for them. So really, really kudos to Progress Wrestling. Great story. You don't hear stories like that much anymore. I mean, you don't hear people being robbed that much, but still. Really, really cool story. And I want to thank you for bringing that to my attention. Adam DeMoy, he was giving me feedback regarding the Hogan situation. Thought it was a little hypocritical on Xavier Woods' part not to forgive Hogan. He was caught in a private moment where, you know, Xavier Woods was caught in private moments as well with Paige. We remember what happened there. Um, and he also says Titus should just thank his lucky stars that every day he has a pot to piss in. As a University of Florida alumni, he doesn't know how he made it through. Uh, anyway, you know, he feels that, you know, the discussion is what it is. Um, you know, I, I look at it like this. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. I'm not black. Not profiled like blacks are. Yes, I've had racism thrown my way. As I have said many times in the past, more from Jewish people than anyone else. I mean, I'll never forget working for Ben's Best and being, you know, just profiled and customers not wanting me to help them because I wasn't Jewish. You know, that's a little insulting. I mean, people have made fun of the fact that I'm Italian and I'm white. And I brush it off. You know, that's just the way it is. I don't know what it feels like to be black and profiled profusely and just labeled, you know, and just be convicted before, you know, in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. And unfortunately for too many black people out there, you're guilty until proven innocent. And I don't compare Xavier Woods being caught on camera, having sex with Paige and it leaking out, then Hulk Hogan being caught on camera with racial comments and that leaking out you know to me something is wrong whether you do it in public whether you do it in private whether it's you know it comes out of your mouth or you're thinking about it all right sure thinking about something isn't a crime thinking about something isn't offensive i know a lot of you out there fantasize you know hey robbing a bank fantasizing this fantasizing that i don't want to get too technical here I've seen what some people have written online over the years and some people have been accused of, you know, doing things simply because they fantasized it. You know, fantasies are fantasies. Keep it at that. But, you know, when it comes to this situation, though, I just can't accept any excuse that, well, it was recorded in the privacy of someone's home and it was leaked out. It should have never because 
You know, what if that footage never leaked out? Where would Hogan be right now? Where would that Gorka lawsuit have been? You know, there's a lot of things that would be different right now. And what if Hulk Hogan would have been caught saying something else somewhere else? You know, Hogan was caught in the privacy of Bubba the Love Sponge's home saying that. How many other times has he said that without being recorded? How many times since then would he have said it and not be recorded? So, honestly, this was a good thing that he got caught and exposed. He sued because obviously there was intercourse involved as well, and he won a substantial lawsuit. I don't have sympathy for Hulk Hogan. I was a Hulkamaniac growing up. I root for him. I really hope and pray, I legitimately do, that he has grown and learned that he may have not had malice inside, but it hurt a lot of other people. And in a lot of cases, you have to show respect you know, towards others that you may not agree with, that you may not like, but you show respect. I always talk about it. When I was a kid and I was at a party, at a store, at a function, this and that, and I didn't like something or I didn't do this, I didn't agree, my mom would always say, keep your mouth shut, smile, you say thank you, you keep going. You know, so you show respect. You know, I hate that this idea that, and I say this all the time online, you know, people out there ju- always try to justify bad behavior with other bad behavior. Oh, I could rip this because this person did this. No, you don't justify bad behavior with other bad behavior. Set an example. So anyway, Aaron Kloss, he recently downloaded, this is a plug for everyone, you might want to check this out. He recently downloaded a streaming channel called Pluto. And, you know, he saw like, you know, Spaceballs, the animated series, which I talked about not too long ago. Big fan of the Spaceballs movie on my top five list of all time. Just love that stupid comedy like that. But he said, if anyone out there wants to go check out this streaming channel, it's called Pluto. I have not checked it out yet, but I plan on checking it out tonight. So thank you for the heads up on that. Much appreciated. Uh, Monday Night Raw's rating. I found this interesting, 2.87 million viewers, down 200,000 viewers from the post-SummerSlam. Sure, SummerSlam was getting a little bump, the Roy after SummerSlam, but you think about the fact that the Shield are now reunited, and the Shield are the focal point, and you look at the ratings breakdown from Monday. Owl 1 did uh, 3,076,000 viewers. Hour two did 2.9 million viewers, and hour three only did 2.6 million viewers. Raw lost almost a half a million viewers from hour one to hour three. The funny thing about it is I didn't see any websites this week blaming it on football, blaming it on politics, blaming it on a tragedy, blaming it on a massive entertainment event. So think back to what was the focal point of Raw and what main evented Raw, and understand that they lost almost 500,000 viewers from the beginning of Raw to the end of Raw. That's not good. That's not good. I know a lot of you out there absolutely love the Shield reuniting. I like it. I have said since March that, you know, the idea that Roman Reigns was being de-pushed was smoke and mirrors. I said that a thousand, if you took a shot every time I said that, since you'd still be drunk since WrestleMania. I knew that all along. 
Just like I knew all along that Mojo Rawley was not getting a main event push. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't resist. And and look, I I root for Mojo Rawley. I am a fan of his. I publicly apologized a couple of years ago. I think on next week's episode, it's the anniversary of him uh, actually debuting in wrestling. He's been in wrestling now for about six years. And, um, you know, he's still got a career ahead of him. Just kind of feel bad. I mean, you know, little interaction with No Way Jose, little interaction with Tyler Breeze, a main event appearance, and he's a month later and he's nowhere to be found. WWE sometimes doesn't have a fucking clue what to do with people. It's not the wrestlers themselves sometimes. It's WWE. But, um, you know, but as I was saying, you know, you could see this even if you were blind. The Shield reuniting is to help Roman Reigns, you know, take the focal point off the fact that he's the champion right now. He is not over as a singles guy. He's fine when he's with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And honestly, for everybody out there that is convinced Dean Ambrose is turning heel, I think one of the reasons why it didn't happen right away is because they need him to help Roman Reigns. So we will see where it goes. But the fact that this ain't equating to any ratings jump at all speaks volumes. And I don't want to hear this shit. Oh, I can watch it on Hulu. I can watch it on YouTube. I can watch it here. I can watch it on Pluto. No, no, no. There's a reason why they got that fucking hundreds of millions of dollar TV deal. Not for fucking reruns. Not for streaming later on when you're on your toilet. It's for first run. There's a reason why SmackDown got the big day. You think that, oh, well, you know, you people are going to watch it on YouTube when you're doing nothing. You think they would have gotten a massive deal like that if a lot of the fucking f- uh, focus of watching SmackDown is secondary TV? No. Do a little research. It's fascinating because even me, I still am learning to this day how a lot of the, the business goings uh, are, are operated and how, you know, the the... the, the the advertising revenue and the deals and how this is done in the licensing. It's a lot of information to soak in, but the more you learn about it, the more you understand why these ratings really do matter. And yes, I know what some of you are going to say. Raw was number one, number two, and number four, Monday night on the top 50 shows on basic cable. I don't give a shit. They have less viewers than they did a year ago. Substantial amount. They had 500,000 less viewers by the end of Raw. That means 500,000 people decided they wanted to either watch or do something else than watch Raw. How many of you out there have fell asleep with a certain channel on? So it's not even a case that, oh, maybe people fell asleep. You know, you fall asleep, you're probably still on the same goddamn channel. So anyway, everyone, I think I'm out of here. You know, between the... Audio that I spliced in from Breakfast Soup. I think we got close to 90 minutes. You know, there wasn't a plethora of stuff to talk about, but I think we got a lot of this done. I hope everyone enjoys All In. I'm really sorry that I didn't get to go in person. I really wanted to go. And I really want to thank Conrad more than anything because he reached out to me so long ago. And I don't want to get into the details, but he was taking care of everything for me. And he told me point blank, I got you with this, got you with that, got you with this. So it wasn't a money situation in any way, shape or form. 
The problem is, is that if I went, they wanted me to commit to be in there for three to four days. Then, you know, I set up this four-day vacation with my girlfriend. I've been with her for six years. I haven't taken a vacation in 19 years. Needed to get a physical and mental break. And trust me, a four-day vacation is nothing. It, before you knew it, it was time to come home. But I needed that little bit of respite. So I just did that a couple of days ago. So to do that and then get back to work, make up for lost time, and then to leave to go to, to Illinois on Thursday, you know, first of all, you know, I got other shows I got to take care of. I got to take care of Patreon. I have customers in real life that I have to attend to. And, and sadly, in the insurance field, if I call an insurance company up and say, hey, listen, you know, John Smith is going to renew on Friday. But I have the opportunity to go to this wrestling event in Illinois, so I'm going to take a vacation. So can you hold this policy until I get back on Monday? They'll hang up on me. Or they'll, they'll put it on speakerphone and someone will say, hey, everyone, listen to this moron. He wants us to hold. That doesn't work that way. And I can't have customers cancel, be late. Not, I can't, I'm not there for them simply so I could sit at a, a podcast row. So I tried my hardest. I honestly did to be at this event, but it did not work out. If I would have gone to this event, then I couldn't have gone on vacation with my girlfriend the week before. And I'm sorry, with all due respect to All In, with all due respect to Conrad, with all due respect to everyone who's going to the event and wanted to meet up, I'm not going to jeopardize my relationship with my girlfriend so I could go to a wrestling event. Just not in my DNA. So believe me, I tell you, I tried every way possible to go, but it didn't happen. Now, as far as WrestleMania, you know, I know Mish is planning on making the trip to New York. Joey Numbers as well. And I know everybody that's coming into New York that wants to go to WrestleMania wants to meet up too. So there is something being worked on right now, like at a bar or a pub. I know Solo Monster and a few other shows meet up at this one particular place. You know, the one thing we don't want to have people out there do, and Jason will tell you this also, we don't want to have people having to choose. Do I go to this place and meet Jason or do I go to this place and meet Super DTKC? So we might do something where everyone is at the same place. But here's the, the issue at hand. You know, this get-together would be a day or two before WrestleMania. I live... 15 minutes away. So I'm there. You don't have to worry about that. If everybody wants to meet up, I'm there. You know, it's funny because I keep having people in recent memory all, all the time on social media. Hey, how come you never, you know, met your co-host or hung out? I had six co-hosts over the years. I met four of them. I don't have to meet every single person I do a show with. It would be cool if we did, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But the one thing for sure from XPW to USA Pro Wrestling to Victory Pro Wrestling to Jersey All Pro to JCW and all the other shows out there, I was there on camera behind the scenes and people met me all the time. So I have been around on shows and others chose not to be there. So it's not me, but there is a good chance that we're all getting together a day or two before WrestleMania. The problem is this. There is no way that Joey Numbers and Mish are going to come to New York, hang out, and then not go to WrestleMania. I don't know what 
Kev is going to do, that's totally on him. I, I know he's getting together too. So we are going to have this get together. But the thing is, WrestleMania night, who's doing the podcast? If everybody's at WrestleMania, who's doing the podcast? Who's doing the recap? Who's doing this stuff? So, you know, I it kind of feels like either there's going to be no recap, which I'm sure no one out there wants, because it's not fair to all of our overseas listeners. It's not fair to everyone else who's not going to WrestleMania. Why should you lose out on a recap because we all were at WrestleMania? Sure, I know Everyone out there is not selfish, and you would say to me, no, no, have a great time. You know, that you could always talk about it on Monday's DTKC show. I get it. But when push comes to shove, if a recap needs to be done, then I may actually take a step back and watch WrestleMania from home and do the recap from home. So again, I will meet Mish, Joey Numbers, Kev, everyone else out there that's coming into New York, but that would be the day or two before WrestleMania. I might go to Hall of Fame as well. But the day of WrestleMania, I am not sure what yours truly is going to do yet. I may bite the bullet, sacrifice, stay home, so I can give everyone a recap. They could call in, of course, and talk as well. But someone needs to record, someone needs to be at the helm, and then, you know, it's usually going to either be me or Mish. So I'm not going to put that burden on Mish if he's traveling all the way here. But we will all meet up. I promise you all that. So with that said, I'm out of here. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Breakfast of Blasi. Please send your feedback. It is always read. It is always appreciated. Never be afraid to express your mind with me. I say this. I know you hear me joke around with the chat room a lot. I know you hear me, you know, get annoyed at some people online. At the end of the day, they listen to the shows they listen to the wee hours in the morning. When they live overseas, their time difference is so out of whack. So they are dedicated in what we do. Not everybody likes me. Not everybody likes Kev. But the fact that you tune into this show, if you spread the word, sign up on Patreon, give us a plug, let other people know about it. You know, we're all a family here. And I have said that since 1997. May not talk to all of you, but we are one big family. And I thank everyone out there for all your support as always. I will be back two weeks from today with your next edition of Breakfast of Blasi. That will be September 12th. Remember, I am going in for surgery on September 21st for the spine. Uh, I don't think it'll affect any of the shows, but um, when we get a little bit closer to it, I will uh, let everybody know any programming changes that may go down. Maybe I'll take off that Monday if I can't sit up straight. I, we'll see what happens. But right now, next episode, two weeks from today, 12th of September. Don't forget this Monday, Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show. Yours truly and Kev will be taking home. Thank you, Mish, once again for taking my place on Monday. Um, don't forget Wrestling Soup Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Not only do we have a patron, Wrestling Soup has one as well. Sign up for them. Sign up for ours. So much content. I mean, you, you won't even be able to finish it all. There's so much stuff going on. So thank you, everyone. Take care, and you all be well. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. 
Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. 